Hey guys, and welcome to the Garage Athlete Show with myself and Dan. We are on episode 34. Um, this week we are going to delve deep into nutrition. So we often get questions come through about nutrition. Me and Dan both love nutrition, uh, being coaches, being um, having trained for a long period of time. I think it's one of those things that every guy in their teens like jumps into the training and it normally takes a good anywhere between like five and 10 years of training that bollocks off and then going, maybe I should take a look at this nutrition side of stuff. The people are saying it's important, but, and then I don't know about you, but when I started to take my nutrition, like seriously, like my results, like skyrocketed. Yeah. Um, I think from what I found the nutrition, I think in terms of strength, it helps. It does help a lot, but, but, where it really makes the difference is in body composition, like yeah. without a doubt, like there's that old saying, I, I don't believe this to completely be true, but I see where it's going with of how your fat loss efforts are a result of uh, what 20% training and 80% nutrition. I think, you know, you can argue to, about the details of that, but it really hammers home the importance of how, um, it, well, the importance of how important nutrition is, it's essential. Like I've had this battle with clients constantly. You cannot out-train a bad diet. You just, you just can't. And you yeah. hear people say it over and over again, but you really can't. It is the difference between making it or breaking it with your fat loss efforts and building muscle as well, especially yeah. for guys that I see really get struggle to gain size. You look at their nutrition and their sleep, but you look at their nutrition and it's just abysmal, really. Yeah. Um, the the yeah. classic one is I eat loads, but I can't put any weight on. And then you yeah. look at their food and they're having like a Weetabix for breakfast, having like a sandwich <laughs> at lunchtime. And the then they three get a piece of meal yeah. <laughs> that um, their mum cooks in an evening. It's like your proteins are like 50 grams a day. No wonder you're not building anything. Oh, they have a protein shake. So they're, they're yeah. like 80 grams a day. And it's just mm. like, okay put some protein in, put 30 to 35 grams of protein in at each one of those meals, eat some more carbs and guarantee in a month or two you can put some weight on. Yeah, I mean, carbs is a, is a big one. Like carbs are protein sparing. So when you're trying to build muscle, they're essential. That, that's what's fueling your training. Like fat, fat is delicious. And, you know, some people prefer to go higher fat because it just tastes great. And, you know, fair enough. But realistically, fat, you need enough fat to cover your hormone function. And it doesn't really play any other use but that i mean so you could get away with probably a lot less fat than you need but you need to really push those carbs up i think to gain the size the quality size you need and i think when dieting as well if you're interested in keeping performance as high as possible i would always you know 10 times out of 10 favor carbs to fuel those training sessions. Cause especially when you get deep into uh, training, I mean, you, you can swap out carbs to get some rapid uh, weight loss quickly with, yeah. if you're getting close to comp, but you know, if you're still interested in lifting as much weight as you can, then you're going to have to keep those carbs, you know, relatively high. They won't be high, high, but relatively high. So you can keep putting the effort in, in your sessions. Definitely. Uh, I think, I was very much in the low carb brigade when I first like qualified. I think we all were, mate, weren't we? Yeah. Um, insulin was like the enemy of all fat loss. Like insulin was the reason why everyone was fat. Um, and everyone was going down the, the Atkins, the low carb, the keto, that kind of stuff. Because in the short term, it works really, really well. Because everything that is nutrient is calorie dense has carbs in it. 
So as soon as you cut out carbs, you cut out all the nutrient dense foods and it forces you to eat good quality, not nutrient dense foods, calorie dense foods. It forces you to eat good quality nutrient dense foods, which aren't that calorific. So by default, it puts you into a calorie deficit. Um, and it's interesting um, when I run these uh, little five day challenges, we talk about the importance of the calorie deficit. There's that uh, doctor in America who basically ran a calorie deficit, ate Twinkies, ice cream, donuts and cookies, um, lost weight, but also his health markers were in a better place because actually the thing that causes the inflammation isn't necessarily the food itself. It's what it's doing to you internally. It's the body fat. It's the hormonal things. It's all that kind of stuff. So I don't condone like eating a really high sugar, high processed food diet. You can lose weight on it. You'll just you'll just not feel great because you don't. Yeah, want to well, that's that. yeah. I mean, this is what the um, macro tracking brought. Like, you know, I think of my friend's famous article they did uh, over at Propane where they ate nothing but Haribo and cheesecake and got ripped. And you know, I know those guys, and they did. They got shredded. Um, <laughs> I think they wanted to bear in mind one of them is a, uh, I think he's a surgeon. I think a useless surgeon. Well, he's, he's definitely in the NHS. You know, but both highly intelligent guys, and they just trolled everyone like crazy by getting as ripped as they could on Haribo and cheesecake, and it worked. It did work. Um, not to say i don't know if they felt the best or not but maybe they felt brilliant being that lean but it just goes to show yes you can have these kind of foods i mean there's other things around that um but it worked so yes i mean you can kind of to a certain extent eat what you want i mean long term i'm not sure where it's going to go but yeah it was quite it was quite funny to watch seeing you know two young guys just eat whey protein and nothing but sweets and get shredded (laughs) (laughs) it just completely blew everyone's minds and it's, it's one of those things where when you're trying to lose weight, the number one thing about any diet is adherence. It's mm. can you keep to it for the period of time you need to, to lose the amount of weight you've got to lose. Because why if somebody's got, say, like six pounds to lose, like the keto diet or something like that, that's going to get you in, out, done really quickly and you've lost all that weight, but you only need to be in it for three weeks, then that's probably a good option. If you've got 20 kilos to lose, then something like the keto diet, something that's that restrictive, where actually even if you're losing a kilo a week, is you're still going to be on it for 20 weeks, is can you keep that up for that period of time? Um, I like to say to my clients, you can eat what you want, you just can't eat everything that you want so it's all about portion control and balance so that 80 20 split so have good quality nutrient dense food for 80 percent of it so that you're moving towards your goals and then have fun with the 20 percent. if you want to have a kit kat after training crack on i'm not going to tell you off about it if you want to go and have a, um, a date night and go out for a meal with your missus or your significant other like crack on just account for it just make sure that you are eating well up to that point and that it stays at that one meal that that one meal doesn't become a 5000 calorie binge that undoes all the work you've done after like two or three weeks and it's that all or nothing mindset that a lot of people get into that actually ruins their progress because they're like right i'm on it i'm nailing everything 100 percent, and then they slip up once and their brain goes oh right because i fucked up like i'm gonna go 
all out and they order a full dominoes with Ben and Jerry's and suddenly they've downed 5,000 calories and they feel awful. And then it, it's then a very, very negative cycle. Yeah. Like I've dealt with a lot of people that have got damaged relationships with foods where they think either this food is bad or it's because it's a sin and all that kind of stuff. I, I hate that kind of marketing when it comes mm-hmm. to food. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm trying to think when you when you sort of brought out the old twenty kilo chat. Like at my biggest fat loss I ever did was twenty was twenty kilos. It took about a year or so. But I was trying to think the reason my dad was successful was a yeah it was um you know tracking macros and all that kind of stuff. But I, I truly believe the reason it was so successful is because I applied that all or nothing mindset to tracking the macros and to moderation. So I implied that do or die to moderation which sounds a bit strange but when you think about it I was really dedicated to working in you know 300 you know I was like you say 10% for junk so if you're dieting on 300 3,000 calories you've got 300 calories for some junk each day and that was it optimal maybe not but in terms of results best I've ever had so if I knew I was getting 300 calories of you know a bit of crap and I could still hit my results. So I was apps, you know, it was totally fine. So I applied that um, logic of really do or die to the tracking, being diligent with it, to making sure I was tracking everything, but then not not going crazy and accepting when I did have a binge or, um, you know, Kind of went, overboard. Went, yeah, went out, maybe had a few beers. Uh, I either dusted it off and kept going, or I made sure over the next few days I had incurred a debt. So in my nutrition finances, so I made sure over the next few days I stopped spending so much. So, you know, Lane Norton goes on, on the, about this all the time, how your macros are your budget. You know, if you've got tons of, um, if you've got, you know, like you at the moment, I think you're on like four, four and a half thousand, you've got yeah. quite a healthy budget. So, you know, if you want to splurge, you've got the room to do so. If your budget is, you know, if you're on around 2000 calories, cause you're right in the depths of a diet and you're really trying to push the boundaries. Do you have that room fair? Probably not. Should you? go out and have half a dominoes a full dominoes it's not really going to work so it's it's knowing when to use your balance shall we say appropriately yeah and again it's it's also thinking of that uh that budget that you've got it's not necessarily like day to day it's like spread over a week so as you said if you go out on a friday night and have a couple of beers and a takeaway and you've incurred that debt you could spread that debt then over the week so if you've got gone overboard by a thousand calories okay over the next five days i'm going to drop 200 calories off per day and then by the end of the week you're breaking even you're still in the same deficit as you would have been without kind of having that slip up so uh, that's something that again we utilize if people want at the moment i know people aren't going out so it's something that i utilize with people if they want to go out and socialize etc if they know they've got a social occasion coming up if they let me know ahead of time as we go okay well what we can do is right let's pull 200 calories for the two days before three days after uh, and you get an extra thousand calories on top of your day's allowance to be able to go and enjoy yourself like you should still be able to live your life while you're dieting you shouldn't yeah. be right chicken rice and broccoli three meals a day for like six months mm. like even bodybuilders don't do that anymore yeah but you should maybe do chicken and broccoli on the days you know you're going out for dinner yeah <laughs> right so shall we get some questions i think we've got a few 
yeah, there's quite a few in here. So, you just send me the questions over. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll tag you. Like, I, I can't get them up. Yeah. Um, there we go. Okay, so the first question is yes, nutrition. Could you answer macros, please? I get one gram of protein per pound of weight, but how do you work out carbs and fats, please? Um, that's probably down to personal preference. What are your goals? Um, you need to know your total amount of calories first. So the equation that I was taught is your weight in pounds times by 12 should be total calories. Then obviously it's one gram per pound of protein times that by four is then the calories from protein. Obviously you take your calories from protein away from the total calories and then it's however you can then kind of want to split that. If you want to go 50-50, is you take that number of calories, divide it in half, and then each one of those numbers, the number of calories for carbs, divide by four, that gives you the number of calories in carbs, and you divide by nine for the number of calories in fats. So it probably just takes a little bit of trial and error about what um, split kind of you want to go for some people do better on higher carbs some people do better on higher fats for my clients what i tend to do is right here's your calorie ceiling here's your protein floor as long as you're staying under your total calories i don't really mind mm -hmm. the split of uh carbs and fats somebody was doing like a bodybuilding competition and i might go down into kind of more details of it but it depends again on your results the level of your results uh, that you want and kind of what it is you want to achieve. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few different ways of doing it. it I, I do like carb cycling. I do like different kind of approaches, but I mean, if we're starting very basic from the very beginning, if you're already a hard training individual, so this applies to people that are already lifting weights and already know um, that they train hard, say three or four times a week. What I would do is I would start with your body weight in kilos. I would times your body weight by 25 I would then add on one amount for every hour of training you do a week. So if you train what four times a week, well, that'd be 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. I would times your body weight by 29. And that's where I would start your calories off. Obviously, this is just a starting point. It can be different. Uh, it might be quite high for some people. It might be way too low for others, but it's just a good round of the ballpark figure to start. I would then for you, I would work out your protein first. I would put protein at 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. So that works out a gram per pound. Just seems to be, you know, a nice, easy place to start. You know, loads of research can say so you can go low, you can go higher, but I think 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight is kind of a good insurance policy. You've got it all covered you know you're not eating too much knowing too little and it's you know it's a decent amount especially if you're you know on the larger side it's quite satiating as well and um protein you know is great i always want to look for more ways to eat more of it uh secondly i'd work out my fats so we talked about hormone function earlier and enough to keep your taste buds satisfied i normally go for about 30 percent of your body of your um what do you call it I think of your body weight or of your macros with it. Let me just have a look. I go for 30% of calories. So whatever your calories are, 30% of those will be fat. Divide that by nine, by nine um, gets your fats. So, you know, that's that covered. What I then do with the numbers remaining is for the carbs. So I would then take out the work out whatever calories you've worked out. So say, you know, whatever that number is, you came 3000 ish or whatever. I would take away whatever your carbs equaled. So 
carb uh, carbs times four, takeaway protein times, uh, sorry, take no lies, takeaway protein times four, takeaway fat times nine. That leaves you with the calories for carbs, whatever the calories comes in at, divide that by four, that comes out with your carbs. So the reason I do that is because carbs are the things I normally manipulate while we're training. And when fat loss stalls, carbs are the things I'm going to drop. The reason I do that is because it works <laughs> and you can drop things by about, you know, 30 to 50 grams of carbs, even as little as 25 sometimes gets the ball rolling again. So you, you, if you already start off on a decent amount of carbs and you start cutting them back gradually, it's a lot easier to deal with than pulling back everything too extreme. So, I mean, you know, there's tons of other things I do with carb cycling and shifting fats around sometimes and dropping carbs right down just to get some water weight off. But yeah, that's uh, you know, the long winded answer, shall we say? Yeah. Perfect. Um, right, next one for me. Deej, how the frig can you bury 4,000 calories? Things how much you said you were eating uh, on the last week's video. I know you're bulking, but if I, any, if I ate anywhere near that, I'd be a human hippo in no time. And how many calories do you eat when you're cutting? So uh, this is where kind of like coaching and stuff kind of comes in. So I didn't jump from being like on 2000 calories in the cup to like 4000 calories it's over when did I stop dieting uh, I stopped dieting I joined my coach at the end of August we did a six-week mini cup which took me to the middle of September maybe the end of September so beginning of October so my calories were down at like 2000 um, in October and then basically from October to now they've been going up incrementally. So it would go up like two to 300 calories at a time. So about anywhere between five and 10% up as they jump up when things stalled. So what will happen is when you're right down at like 2000 calories, as soon as you jump your kind of calories back up, initially your body will have a little jump up in body weight. Um, it will then adapt to that new amount of energy that's going in and it will then plateau off and stop gaining weight. That's when then you'd add a little bit more in. So basically you reverse out of the dieting phase to kind of not put on a massive amount of food. And because you are essentially hypersensitized, in theory, you should be putting on a larger amount of muscle mass than if you kind of hadn't done that priming phase. And essentially each time it levels off, in theory, that's your metabolic rate jumping up to kind of that next stage. That's why... I have put on body fat, of course I have, but hopefully with the number of training years I've got behind me, I've noticed that I've got bigger. Um, I can see it when I put up side-by-side -side photos, when I'm at the same body weight, but it just means that we've done it incrementally, just like when you diet on the way down, you incrementally come down. And this is the mistake most guys make when they're trying to bulk is they don't go incrementally up or down so when they're dieting they'll just cut a thousand calories in a day and they wonder why they're starving by the end of the week when they're trying to bulk they just add in a thousand calories whereas actually what you should do is take the number of calories you've got five to ten percent increments either up or down depending on kind of what your goal is like that's the maximum you should go and then see what happens if nothing's moving you can always go again but if you've jumped up a thousand maybe 300 would have been enough to get the needle moving and get you moving forward. Mm -hmm. Those extra 700 calories that are in there, it's just all going to be extra body fat. that You're going to have to pull off at a later date. So 
to answer your question, how do I eat 4,000 calories? I will very quickly go over my training day diet. This is going to bore some people, so I will try and do it quickly. So first meal, first thing in the morning is um, three eggs and then 120 mils of egg white, which is about three egg whites. Uh, Where do you get your egg whites from? Uh, bulk powders, just because I um, they come in those. I'm just, I'm just going to order some while you're talking. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, three full eggs, three egg whites, um, a slice of toast, and I make that either into scrambled egg or an omelette. Hang on, hang on, Deej, Deej, we need details. What kind of toast? What kind of toast? Uh, whole grain seeded bread, because I like a bit of fibre, help push everything through first thing in the morning. Okay, and what, um, what setting on the toaster do you put it to? <laughs> I'm a three. So, a three, uh, oh, you're pushing three. it there a bit, mate. Yeah, I know. I like it, I like it brown, like Natalie likes it. Where it's really like lightly toasted, do, as I'm do, like, do, it's do you hold it up to your face to see if it's ready or not? Yeah, pretty much. That's that is the the measure of if it is done. <laughs> if it's too dark, it's going away. <laughs> whoa, 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 easy, um, mate, easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that, I'll also have about 90 grams of granola at the moment, just because again, that's really calorie dense. Um, do you go, go for the berry or only... do you go for the nut? Pardon, berry or nut granola. Yeah, yeah, good choice. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's one of those things. It's not like healthy. It's it's really energy dense. If you have like ninety grams, hundred grams of granola, it's like four hundred, five hundred calories. Do, do, do you remember that meme that was going around? It was like a full bowl of granola was like a thousand calories, and it was like fuck you, granola. You fucking, <laughs> you're a con. You like pretending to and be well, healthy. When and I shit. started dieting last year, we just couldn't get any weight to shift. It's because I wasn't weighing my granola, didn't realize like how calorie dense it was. And as soon as I started weighing granola, and also 45 grams of granola is nothing. So yeah, once you're dieting, like oh, pick mate. a lighter cereal that's got some more fiber in there. Amazing. It's like, do you remember when you weigh a teaspoon of peanut butter for the first time? Yeah. And, you're like, and then you oh, lick the teaspoon as well. And you're like, so but, but, the uh, trick with that is you weigh the jar take the teaspoon out for the grams and then weigh it again. And if it goes to minus five and then you can lick the teaspoon and not have any extra. <laughs> Love it. Bodybuilders. <laughs> so that's meal one. So this is a training day. So I normally train around lunchtime. So meal one will be about half seven, 8 a.m. Um, I'll then try and get meal two in between 11 and 12 because, and I normally get meal two in right before going to walk the dog. So meal two at the moment is 100 grams of cream of rice and um, about 70 grams of whey. So it's just the whey's in a shake, cream of rice on its own. I used to mix the two and it just, it goes into a stodgy, horrible mess. It's just better just to have it separately. Um, cream of rice is hard enough to eat on its own. Um, I'll then walk the dog which helps with digestion. I will then do my um, pre-workout. So I have a pump agent pre-workout that I also load my creatine into. And then I sort my intra-workout shake, which is about 30 grams of EAAs and about 50 grams of cyclodextrin at the moment. Post-workout, I will then have my third meal, which is uh, normally about 200 grams of rice and either chicken or beef. So it'd be about 120 grams of chicken, 150 grams of ground beef, whatever I've kind of done with that. I just tend to prep them all ahead of time. Um, what's that, meal four? Meal five is my evening meal. 
So that's normally a meal with um, the missus. So that varies. It's the only one that's quite variable is I have tea with my family when it is when I'm in bulking season, just because when I'm dieting, like it gets to a point where I've then got to be having my Tupperware food that's kind of different to everyone else. And then right before bed, I will have um, about 150 grams of Greek yogurt with about 15 grams of honey, some blueberries, a bit of dark chocolate and a, a scoop of whey protein. So you basically mix all that together and it tastes amazing. So that is roughly my 4,000 calorie day. Um, what I've learned from eating this amount of food is actually it's harder to eat like 4,000 calories than it is to eat like 1,500. Because if you skip a meal, like there's no coming back from it. Trying to wedge two of those meals together and get like 1,500 calories in, in one go, your digestion is then sluggish for the rest of the day. So I have to be like super on it in terms of, right, this is meal one, this is meal two. I've got reminders set in my phone. Um, it's not too bad if it's like an hour either side, but yeah, if I've had to, I've, I've once I missed meal um, two and I had to like bunch it together and I felt awful for the rest of the day. So I've not done that twice. Yeah, so for me for eating, I will, meal one normally starts off with uh, the fish and then some rice. And then around about like 12 o'clock, I'll have... Um, some fish and a rice cake <laughs> and then once i've once i've um, finished my session i'll probably have some more some fish and then maybe a rice cake and some rice with that one and then <laughs> yeah. i can't remember what documentary was that it was that guy that was wanting to be a bodybuilder wasn't it and it was like oh, class. Was the thing is, is he's like he's actually pretty jacked now they, they caught up with yeah. him a few years later he's in fucking great shape but i just it's just you can tell whoever was coaching him was like reading straight out of like an 80s bodybuilding manual. Yeah. Well, see, this is where the IIFYM, you know, if it fits your mouth thing got so popular because like diets were ridiculous. They literally were fish and a rice cake. And this is yeah. what people ate. Like, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Love it. I'm just reading some of the comments on that. Just people saying about how many calories and stuff they're on. And this is another point as well that like, for me, I've got an extremely fast metabolism. I've also got a dog. So even in peak off season, I'm getting somewhere between twelve to 15,000 steps like every single day, which Don't is one of the reasons. underestimate your steps. Like seriously, that is such a undervalued, undervalued, underutilized, under-acknowledged part of training. Do not underestimate that. Well, um, a thousand steps is about 40 calories. So if you do 10,000 steps, there's 400 calories burned before you've done any training, before you've done any cardio. Like that's, that's enough to put you in a deficit. Mm. Like if you've just eaten maintenance and then did 400 calories underneath it, like you're, you're going to be losing weight. Like one of the biggest tools I will use with people when they first come in is to get their steps. So especially if somebody's pretty sedentary, to get their steps from like two to 3000 up to like 8,000 and they'll start noticing like fat just dropping off. <laughs> like particularly now, sorry, I've just seen James a uh, question, particularly now, like people don't move. Like, let me, I haven't yeah. left the house today and I've done, 4,888 steps which is fuck all really and I haven't I haven't moved but like people don't do anything now so you know I had a good question um, just came up with a client this week um, 
he's now losing weight on fewer calories than he used to eat. We we're like, okay, well, that's fair enough at age and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, oh, hang on a second. What what is your lifestyle like? He's like, well, I literally get up. My steps is to go to the fridge and back to my desk. So straight away, he's dropped a significant amount of activity um, from his day. So we're just like, you know, we're looking at now boosting up to around 6,000 to start with and then hopefully aiming for that 10K. But, you know, it's, it, by just boosting his steps up, it's, it's already got things moving. Like the quick, the best advice I could say for your training at home, if you want to kick your fat loss off, eat protein at every meal, eat veg at every meal, um, eat carbs the size of your head, maybe at every meal, and then go for a walk every day. You'll see yeah. fucking, the weight will fly off like straight away. It's, it's as simple as that. Right. Next, Next one, Simon Randall. How important is sugar intake? I often have some rubbish carbs, which are generally high in sugar. My weight isn't particularly affected, but I am on my way to. But am I on my way to type two diabetes? Studies show increased muscle mass and consistent resistance training reduced type two risk. So I figured it was just a balancing act. So Simon is was one of my clients who I've helped kind of reverse diet back out. So I know he's on like three and a half thousand calories a day. So the whole sugar thing um, and insulin resistance, if you're training with weights regularly, um, we dieted you down to a decently low point to start off with, which would have increased your insulin sensitivity to kind of start off with. And as long as it isn't like 80% crap and 20% good, you're fine. Your body will just process it. When, if it's sugar or if it's rice, once it's broken down, it all it gets just converted to glucose, glucose, doesn't it? Yeah. It yeah. just, it all converts to glucose. Your body can't tell the difference of where it's come from. It does have some slightly different effects in terms of like how quickly it's broken down. But as long as you're not eating like a Twinkie on its own, as long as it's part of another meal, it's going to slow down that absorption rate. So if you have a bit of something sweet after your main meal, you've got that main meal in front of it. That's going to have some fiber in there. It's going to have some fats in there. That's going to slow down the absorption of it. Just because something's got sugar in it doesn't mean it's going to spike your insulin levels because a lot of the studies that kind of did that, they used these things in isolation. It's the same thing with whey protein. So if you have whey protein with water on an empty stomach, it will spike your sure, insulin. Can you put the light back on, please? Whereas if you... Um, have whey protein and you put it in some full fat milk or have like a spoon of peanut butter with it, it's again going to slow down the absorption rate and mean that it's not going to spike your um, insulin levels. Well, that's yeah. it. Like who eats, you know, everyone else says sugar is addictive. Like literally go and eat a fucking bag of sugar. Do you eat a bag of sugar? No, you don't. Sugar with, you put cream in that. Yes, that is a delicious. So you're addicted to things that taste really fucking good, not necessarily sugar. I think the interesting thing they put in there was, uh, let me just get the question back up, is uh, is is how important is sugar intake? I'm like, well, I guess you could probably have zero sugar and be totally fine. Or you could have, like you're saying, oh, Have you two, ever tried to do grams. zero sugar? It's nearly fucking impossible. <laughs> I remember fruit, when actually, me and I Natalie like first got together, I tried to do a zero sugar diet and I was one of the mardiest people ever because I'd bite into something, be looking at the ingredients, go, for God's sake, I need to <laughs> can't eat the rest of that. <laughs> but you're such a Karen, aren't you? Like, oh, it's got sugar, I can't touch it, it's a thin, I couldn't possibly eat it. Uh, I love all this. It was, it was more of a challenge to see if I could do zero sugar yeah. and you can't. It's, and with today's, like, 
how much it's got sugar in it, you just can't do it unless you cook everything from scratch yourself, which I wasn't doing at 22. Yeah, but I mean, like, like you said, I think, I think you've covered the topic there, really, man. Like, yeah. Okay, so um, Amy Howard, how do you keep fat loss going once you're below the body fat percentage for where your body wants to be? My body seems to be really be fighting against it, but I'm eating a high-protein diet, some good fats, and lower amounts of carbs. So I'll let you jump into this one first if you want. Okay, right. So my first questions would be, firstly, how long have you been dieting for um, where your body wants to be? Yeah, certain people do have a certain point where it's, things start getting tough. Yeah, because your body does have a bit of a point where it, where it fights against it. Basically, I mean, I think we're going to both go into this, but your body wants to maintain homeostasis. So if you're losing fat at the time, your body doesn't want that to happen after a while because it goes into a bit into survival and not 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 starvation mode. i'm not saying starvation mode i'm saying it goes to balance where it just wants to keep everything equal so there will come a point in your diet where your deficit will stop working this is why i'm such a big fan of making sure you've got tools to use once things stop working because uh, quite often people go maximum cardio really hard training low calorie loads of walking what do you do when all of that stops you're kind of, you're kind of, you're a bit screwed. You, you, there are ways around it, but you're going to have to train harder, add more things in, do, do more stuff. Uh, what I would do in that situation is take a diet break, reset your hormones, get things um, even again, maybe even two, three months and then start it again. So really, I mean, you're eating a high protein diet. Great. Some good fats and lower amounts of carbs. What I'd be interested in is exactly how much good fats and exactly how much carbs are you having that's another potential thing you could look at like have you got your exact numbers down so we've got basically what we're trying to do is create the best picture use the most amount of data we can get to make the most edu best educated guess so you know things i know i've done a lot of work with particularly women actually because i've seen it over and over again they they've dieted so many times in the past and put themselves on so low calorie for such a long time. I have seen some big problems um, you know, I think, you know, metabolic damage, you know, whether that's a thing or not, you know, the jury's out. Some people preach it. Some people say no, but practically I have seen it where girls particularly, and it does happen with guys, but it seems to be more female athletes. They can't lose fat unless they go on crazy low calorie diets because that's what they've always done. So if they have to spend, and this is a hard pill to swallow, you know, if someone comes, sometimes I've had girls come to me for fat loss and I've said to them, that's not what you need right now. You need to reverse, build your tolerance, build your calories back up, take the time of your diet to really, you know, you need to approach a reverse diet with the same effort you approach a fat loss diet with in building those calories like you're doing, you know, building it right up. So when you start again, you can start from a much better place. Um, to get the fat loss kicking in again. So, I mean, it's it's a it, it's a big question. I think, you know, it, we probably, you know, this this is a drive podcast, you can cover bits and pieces all there, but it would be worth a real good sit down and work out exactly your history, where you are, body fat percentage, your training, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, as you said, it's very hard to give a specific answer without getting all the details that are kind of in there so i just wanted to expand a little bit on what dan said that they're about metabolic damage so i think it's i think it stems more from the the diet culture that's come about in the last 20 years so 
there's a lot more pressure on women than men to be a certain size. Um, so you'll often find what happens is a woman will diet down to a certain size uh, on crazy low calories. Basically, what happens is when your calories go really, really low, your body adapts to it, slows things down, slows down the metabolic rate, slows down your needs, slows down all these things in the background, which means that you can survive for as long as possible on the amount of energy that's coming in. That's your body's number one thing that it wants to do is it wants to survive. It doesn't know you're doing it on purpose. It just registers less energy is coming in than going out. I'm healthy. I need to now... <laughs> I now need to survive as long as possible on the fat stores that I've got. So I'm going to eat away at my muscle mass. I'm going to do all these things that are going to make sure that I survive. Then what happens is they come off their diet. They go back to eating the way they did before because their meta metabolism is so depressed. If you suddenly add in an extra thousand calories, if you were eating like 1200 and you suddenly jump up to 2,500, you've over doubled the amount of energy going in your body goes oh great like let i'm gonna hold on to all this energy now because i don't know if this is if this is like if i'm gonna go into another time of famine again so it then piles on body fat because you haven't got the muscle mass there anymore because it's eating away at it everything's slowed down everything's depressed so mm -hmm. say you've been dieting for six months to lose five kilos and but you're going to put that five kilos back on in five weeks five weeks isn't enough time for your body to have recovered to have sped everything back up and get everything running at 100 again so then what happens is oh crap i put all this weight back on right back to a low calorie deficit but now you're in an even worse spot because you've got all that weight back on you've got less muscle mass your metabolism is running slower because it's still recovering from the last time so in order to lose body fat again, now you need to go on 1,100 calories rather than 1,200. And it's just this perpetual cycle of yo-yo dieting. So as Dan was saying, it would depend on like how long you've been in a deficit, how many times have you dieted in the past kind of like couple of years, is your body basically, if you hit a brick wall, in which case, right, would it be better to bring your calories back up to maintenance and keep them there? for say three months. So when we're going to stop you from putting weight back on, but I'm going to slowly increase calories. What you'll notice is a little jump at the start and then it'll plateau off. After two weeks of it plateauing off, I might add another five to 10% on until we get your calories to a much better place. While you're maintaining a body weight, we increase the amount of resistance training doing what you'll find is your performance in the gym improves. Also, you haven't mentioned on here, like how you're training. So is the majority of your training cardiovascular or are you doing resistance training? What you've got to remember is when you're dieting, the majority of your training should be resistance training. You need to give your body a reason to hold on to the muscle mass that you've got or else it's going to eat it as an energy source. Muscle needs energy to survive. You're in a deficit the body goes, right, if I eat away at that muscle, I'm going to survive for longer on the amount of body fat that I've got. So you have to give it a reason to hold on to those muscles. This is why like bodybuilders, you'll see, they train a lot with weights. They can still maintain muscle mass, but kind of they lose the body fat. So yeah, the, the, in the short term, it would probably be, see if you can spend a period of time at maintenance calories 
Um, make sure you're training with weights rather than cardio and don't throw all your tools in at once because there isn't very much further that you can go, just like Dan said earlier. Like if yeah, you've got yeah. everything in there to start off with, your body will adapt. If you throw, what you want to do is the minimum effective dose to get the needle moving when you start until that stops and then do a little nudge to again, move that needle slightly, get it moving yeah, again. Yeah. And that means that you can do those little nudges for 12, 16, 20 weeks and see a good result at the end. Yeah, I mean, there are periods you can go quite aggressive, but you got to yeah. think, my, my, I've seen diets make a lot of people fatter. Yes, they do. If you really, really think about it, we don't have a problem losing weight. We have a problem keeping it off. So you'll see, and it's always my bloody parents as well. They do these crazy diets where tons of weight comes off. They won't eat anything. They maintain it for a while. And it's, it's, it's incredible. It's life-changing the weight they get off. But every single time it piles back on, like without a doubt, every time. So I'm kind of and like, they get yeah, they get stressed and then they can it. And it just, it's a, it's a cycle. Hey, and it just gets worse and worse, but it's kind of like, it, you need to have an exit plan for your diet whether that's gradually coming out or accepting that you don't mind gaining a couple of, you know, you, you lose extra kilos to gain a few more kilos back. Yeah, that's totally fine. But you're, you need to have a way out of your diet to make it successful. Otherwise you'll end up piling all the way back on. Yeah. Uh, what we'll do is we'll come back to the questions that I've asked at the end. If we get time, we'll cover listener questions first. Okay, so yeah, next question on. is best snacks to eat while on the go or pick up on if you don't have time or have set hot meals. Yeah. So do you want to give your top three like high protein snacks? Yeah, so top three for me. Um, I'm obsessed at the moment with Morrison's meal deals. They are so good. So what they do, they've got like a salad bar where you can get some really great um, stuff, uh, you know, things like uh, like they've got like a naked burrito, eggs, falafel, like some really good whole grain um, salads. And it's, it's really cheap. It's like three quid for a salad. But what you can do is you can pair it up with some other, you can, you know, stack it, like hack it, whatever you want to call it. So you can get yourself a UFIT protein drink, which is 20 grams of protein in a bottle, a couple of eggs, what we're talking like 10, 15 grams of protein there, and then building yourself a, you can buy ready-made like chicken avocado or salmon salads so you're kind of hitting some nutrients dense food you're hitting around 30 40 probably 40 grams of protein which is ample for most most people and tons of fiber and it really does fill you up so i would really recommend the morrison's salad bar if you can um and it's only three quid which is great mns is also really good a bit pricier but it's, it's also really good for their fuller for longer range um uh, protein bars i'm not a big fan of them but i do like grenade bars i do think they taste good and the macros are really good on those so my favorite is the salted white chocolate caramel one and the Ooh, uh, nice choice. the, the and the peanut one I quite like. Uh, they're, they're really good. Um, I like the birthday Tong. cake one. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, and then I like I like biltong. If you don't mind yeah. um, dried meat, uh, I love biltong. You know, I could probably just eat it by the packet. Uh, jerky's yeah. good. You got to be careful jerkies because sometimes they can have quite a lot of sugars in them. Which yeah, I was not so much mate. sugars the problem. It's the calories. Uh, your yeah. carbs creep up quite a lot. Um, so high protein snacks for me is get get to those salad bars. They've got boiled eggs ready to go, things like that. Um, you can now get bars and shakes in most places, which is really good actually. And then for me, it would be uh, you built up yeah so uh the first one that i would go to is 
boiled eggs if you can get them. I know he says don't have access to meals, but at the end of the day, you can stick boiled eggs on a pan uh, at night, stick them in a Tupperware tub, and they do smell like farts when you <laughs> open that tub. So try not to do it so like, in a closed space. It's so bad. I don't know why, but it is. So I had bad. to Google it once as to because Natalie really craved boiled eggs when she was pregnant with Willow. And we were like, why do boiled eggs smell like farts when you open that box? It's something to do with one of the gases. Um, the other thing would be yeah, some sort of like dried meat, so like biltong or beef jerky, things like that. Uh, if you don't mind like the processed side of stuff, I think uh, Pepper Army now do a biltong or beef jerky that tastes amazing. But yeah, the macros on it aren't great. Um, you've got things like Pepper Army, um, if you don't mind, as I said, the processed meat. But try not to eat too much of that because, yeah, processed meats that you uh, it's quite kind of calorie dense. Um, a good old protein shake. So not a meal replacement shake, a protein shake, because again, you can, if you wanted to replace a meal, you could add in like 20, 30 grams of porridge oats uh, and a scoop of peanut butter. And you've got your carbs, your fats and your proteins then all in one place. What I would say is if you've got access to a blender, blend the oats and the protein powder together dry first to make it into a thin powder because it, have you ever like drank porridge oats in a protein shake where you haven't done that it's it's always oh, yeah. they absorb and then all at the bottom like you've just got porridge cold porridge that's then yeah it's awful so yeah if you put it in the blender dry and then put that dry powder into your protein shaker when you just add liquid it just goes really thick um like a meal replacement shake but it doesn't have you look at the back of a meal replacement shake, there's so much shit that goes into yeah. them. Like with supplements, you want to try and go for supplements with the smallest amount of ingredients possible. Um, there are a few good ones out there. I think it's RAF Nutrition. I looked at their label the other day and they've got like five ingredients. So wherever he's sourcing his whey protein from, it's, it's pretty good. And Jay rates the flavor. I've still not ordered any just because I've got a different supplier that I order from because I can get it at... Um, what do you call it? Wholesale. So I get my whey protein at wholesale and then I basically sell on to my clients at a little bit of a profit so that I cover my own supplements basically coming through. Um, yeah, I think that about covers that one. Good old whey protein shake to finish off. Uh, is there any reason to increase calories on a training day or a, a recovery day? I keep my calories the same each day, more or less. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, I think you can. Um, you don't have to, but if we're talking percent, you know, 1%, looking for a 1% um, boost in performance, then yeah, you totally can eat more on training day. I just think it kind of lends it, it itself well if you know you're going to train and you've had that big meal and you feel good to train and you having a few extra carbs, you can hit a few extra reps. And yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, you can get phenomenal results without doing that. You know, you could even, you know, you could even go the other way and put, higher calories on days you're not training but as long as your calories at the end of the week are equated then it'll be fine but I, i'm a fan of it i would say yes i think you know if you're looking for just a bit more in terms of potential improvements yeah i think it. it's one of those again it's adherence so the majority of people need things to be as simple as possible so if you 
have if you're using my fitness pal to track for example if you've got the free version you can't have different calorie targets set up on different days you have to go and manually change it whereas you can pay i think it's like 10 15 pounds a month and you can and you can set like training days and non-training days at different calories at the end of the day it's a tool when you think about your calories over a week that's the more important part whether you're trying to build or whether you're trying to cut say you're averaging let's just say i'm going to say 5000 calories a day just because the maths is easier so if you're averaging 5000 calories a day you've got 35000 calories a week as long as those are fairly evenly spaced so you've not got like a 15000 calorie day at the end of the week and then you're doing like um 2000 kind of on each of those training days it doesn't really matter like how that is spaced out i would say putting more calories on a training day and less on a non-training day is more important when you're dieting than when you're kind of building because you need to fuel your ability to train. So if you're really low on calories by basically robbing some of the calories from your non-training days where you're not expending as much because you're not training and you can then throw some extra carbs in and you can then, if you're managing to, keep performance up that's going to kind of be a benefit but if it comes to the detriment that you then can't keep to your non-training day level of calories because they've kind of come too low then it can be an issue i think it's very very person dependent on one whether they can stick to it and two um whether it's kind of going to be beneficial for them so do you want to read this one mate hang on let me just get a back up it's from your mate james oh uh (laughs) Uh, I reckon, I think I've actually done this. I reckon two bites for me. But uh, we had, oh, mate, we were on it rugby tour. on the size of the banana. Like, you can <laughs> well, get some let's really go, let's long go, let's bananas. Go, let's go deed-sized banana. We always packing. Deed-sized right? so, banana. Like, mate, like, we were on rugby tour once. And, no, not rugby tour. We were in a training camp in Italy. <laughs> like, you know how weird rugby players are, right? One of yeah. the back, one, it was a backer, one of the backs party trick was to eat a banana in one bite literally like like get it down but he was like proper going for it like you know sort of going on a bit and i was like why do you know that you can do that (laughs) (laughs) why yeah why when when did you think you know what that's gonna make me some friends someday like i can deep throat banana But that was it. It was just the way he was like, oh, do you know, because it was like a pre-season tour, so we all still want to get to know each other. But it was like, right, this is going to be the thing that gets me like the guys to like be like, yeah, that's a cool guy. Like it just, like it just seemed like you know the memes where it's like, no one, absolutely no one, not one person. And then he goes, uh, chap, deep throws a banana. You're just like, okay, cool, yeah, good job. But <laughs> just. That was quite funny. That's definitely coming up on some on a tour somewhere as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, we were in in Italy at the time. It was just just bizarre. It was quite quite something. So quite something to behold. I was like, wow, that's that's um, that's impressive. Yeah, I'd probably say three for me. Like, I'm not very big, so because in my mouth's not very big. Yeah, (laughs) I think you're lying there. Hey now, right? Uh, What's the next one? Okay, next one. Strength and a calorie deficit. I want to keep a good level of strength, but lose fat. I guess a lot of people wish to do this. Nobody says that wanted to be weaker. Right. Short term, yes, you could absolutely maintain strength uh, completely. I would say there's a limit depending on how fat you are, but I would say three months for most people, you can maintain your strength. I would say after that, 
you have to work hard, but I don't think you'll start making any strength gains, but you will, you can maintain what you've got, but it depends on how much of your strength is reliant on being leverages like massive. Like for example, if you've got a huge squat, how much of that is reliant on bouncing off your legs, your gut, using all of that size to lift the weight or how much is it reliant on, you know, muscle, I suppose. But what you got to think of, is yes, you might lose some strength. Yes, you might get a bit smaller. That's fine. It's all part of the process. You've got to think where are you going to end up after you've finished your diet. You're much better off going into your fat loss efforts, try, accepting that you're going to try and make, you know, still work really hard, still training your ass off, but you just are going to maintain or dip a bit. That's totally fine. But when you come out of that diet, you're now primed to get as big and strong as possible. So if you look past your diet over the next few months in front of that, you'll come back a lot leaner, bigger and stronger. But yeah, I mean, the question is, you'll retain strength for quite a while. The deeper you go into it, it will start suffering. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I think a lot of people use the fact they're in a deficit to mask the fact essentially they're they're pushing out of sets like when you work to like absolute failure when you're working within it might be different when you're up at like top end weights but i know for me like i was still like seeing improvements on my ability to lift even when i was like four five weeks out from a show so my body fat would have been what six seven percent at that point I set a personal best of you doing the 42 kilo dumbbells for a set of like 10, like four or five weeks out. So I think a lot of strength is neurological. A lot of it is in your mind. And I was off my tits on so much caffeine at that point, just to kind of get me through the day that might have had an effect. Will you lose a massive amount of strength because you're dieting? Not if you choose not to. I think a lot of it is in your mindset because people think that they're going to get weaker, they get weaker. As you said, if you go into it accepting that, okay, I might not get any stronger. However, I'm going to fight for every single one of those reps. I'm going to fight for every single gram of weight that's on that bar. Obviously within limits, you want to try and stay safe. Like that's how you're going to maintain the muscle that you've built. If you aren't pushing yourself, if you aren't working to absolute failure and when your food is low, you've got to remember your brain is going to check out earlier because it doesn't want to expend energy. It doesn't want to burn calories. It wants you to survive like throwing weight around, lifting heavy shit up and down isn't natural like we choose to do this as humans our body has no fucking clue what's going on so it's all about like making sure that you've got a target kind of like in your head and then pushing on towards it and as dan said it's all relative at the end of the day like why are you dieting you want to ask yourself that so why are you going into a calorie deficit you've got to remember that throughout throughout the process you're wanting to lose some fat, but obviously not get kind of too much weaker, then you've got to have a a program that's going to kind of accommodate for that. Are you going to utilize diet breaks so that you can be bringing performance along? It's going to take you a little bit longer to get where you want to diet wise, but you're probably going to see less 
um, less losses in strength. How aggressive are you going to be with your deficit? If you go into a really aggressive deficit, then you're probably going to sacrifice some strength as things kind of level mm-hmm. back out and your body wants that's, to adapt that's, to it. That's, that's fine, though. I mean, the, the way – two things you remember – Ronnie Coleman hit an 800-pound squat for a double when he was like a few weeks out for the, uh, the Olympia. So anything is possible. And yeah. then the, the second part is think of Thor, the mountain, Game of Thrones. Got six packs lean, got very, very lean before World's Strongest Man, but then went on to get absolutely massive, win World's Strongest Man, deadly 500 kilos. So he got very lean, but then look at where he ended up when he came out of that diet. Was his top 10 strength there? No. Was he trying to have it there? Not at all. But he had it at the place where it needed to be when he needed it. Yeah, long-term planning. Mental. So I'm going to have to bow out there, mate. That's so, okay. Um, the, the, the only questions that are left after that were mine. So that's uh, fine. No, no, one, cares what you th- no, no exactly. one cares what you think anyway, mate. Nobody cares what I think. <laughs> so, but, uh, as awesome always, day. thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, why, why can the guys go and find you if they want to see any more of your content? Okay, guys, come find me on Barbells and Beans on Instagram, Daniel Frazier on Facebook, and in the Home Gym UK group. And I am also in the Home Gym UK group, or you can search DGPT on both Facebook and Instagram. So, been great to chat to you today, matey. Go a little bit deeper. In terms of nutrition, hopefully we've given these guys a little bit more of an understanding when it comes to nutrition. If you guys have any questions about anything that we've discussed tonight, like drop us a DM. We're always happy to have a bit of a chat. We love chatting, training, nutrition, home gyms. Um, So yeah, come and have a chat with us. And we'd also love to hear any feedback you've got as well. So uh, also um, the hope, not home gyms, we have a Instagram page now. So you can oh, yes. follow us at uh, the Garage Athlete Show on Instagram. Um, we're going to be posting out uh, videos, clips from each episode, etc. So make sure to follow us on that, share us on your stories, post us to your friends. We want to get as many people, we want to get in as many people ears as possible. Man, I'm just after watching that. Um, I've just watched that double of Ronnie Coleman doing eight hundred pounds for a double. Yeah, buddy. But I've just gone on a, a, a black solid ass pounds. <laughs> mate, I've just gone on a black uh, into the rabbit hole now. I'm now watching him do eight hundred pounds for reps on deadlift. Yeah, and it's just it's insane. But like, do you know what he's he's doing? Mixed grip with gloves with straps. So you're only allowed to do that if you're doing eight hundred pounds <laughs> for reps. But oh it's just brilliant you're only allowed to do that ronnie can coleman could do whatever the fuck he wants he wants but like just watching the guy it's it's just a joy to watch isn't it it's amazing but anyway mate i've been about pleasure speaking to you right i'll see you later buddy bye for now bye